Hi there. Welcome to the New Life Live podcast. Steve here. Since 1988, New Life has been transforming lives one life at a time. Now our goal is to provide you with wisdom from God's Word to give you hope and help in life's most difficult places. One way that we do this is through the live program that we share with our listeners here on the podcast. If you have a question that you'd like to ask our panel of counselors and psychologists, call us at 1-800-229-3000, Monday through Wednesday at 10 a.m. Pacific. Now let's go to today's podcast episode. Welcome. This is Chris Williams, as was just announced, and I'm in studio today with a couple of very remarkable people and excellent, excellent therapists slash clinicians that I love hanging out with. And I have Mark Cameron. Mark, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Good to be here with you, Chris. Excellent. And shortly joining us will be Dr. Jill Hubbard. And so tomorrow, Mark, is Thanksgiving. It is. <laughs> right? <laughs> so Thanksgiving, like all holidays, come with a certain amount of expectations, mm-hmm. right? But the expectations oftentimes do not meet reality. Correct. (laughs) (laughs) For a lot of people. And there could be a big gap between Uh the expectations and the reality. But one of the things that um, I was really thinking about as we were talking about on the break here is that going into Thanksgiving, obviously at the top of our mind is gratitude. But I'll tell you something that in my life blocked gratitude for a really long time was resentment that I was holding on to and a ton of unforgiveness. And so what that resentment and unforgiveness did in me is it clouded my view of the other, especially if those were family members. And so help me understand what's the tie between being able to enter into forgiveness and then being able to appreciate and all of the gifts of gratitude. Mm-hmm. No, I think it's a great question because, yeah, oftentimes we are, we're focusing on what we're thankful for, mm-hmm. right? But not about what holds us back from being thankful, right? And, and, you know, as you're saying here, bitterness and resentment, they hold us back from being thankful about mm-hmm. um, uh, the things that we appreciate about others. And we need forgiveness. Forgiveness is kind of like the, the, the key that unlocks that door, mm-hmm. if you want yeah. to think of it that way, um, right, that allows us to go, go into relationship and then, and then have the freedom um, that comes along with reconciliation. Yeah, that's really good. Because the other thing, too, is that when we're talking about family, especially mm-hmm. if we're talking about these people who hold titles like mom or dad, mm-hmm. And there is bitterness and resentment in there. Jill, going into the holidays, what what oh, are we going to do with that? Well, it, it's, really, it's really hard. And this is where a little grace comes in. But we have to, I think, ask ourselves, when we hold on to these things, what are we getting from that? Why do we hold on to them for dear life? Sometimes that's our only connection to this person is our resentment, oh, wow. bitterness, and hurt, wow. right? That, yeah, that's And really so good. to let go of that, what would there be in the relationship, mm. right? And so what are the things? A lot of times it's if I don't hold, hold on to it, nobody will know. It'll be forgotten. Wow. Yeah. The little yeah. child in me will not be represented. I will be invisible. Yes. Oh, my yes. goodness. That's so good, Jill. Absolutely. Yeah. So there's reasons why we hold on to it and why mm. we don't 
automatically forgive. Yeah. Right? Well, if you're struggling with this, and, and this is something that's really holding you back, you know, Dr. Hubbard did write a book. <laughs> and it's, you know, I, she won't plug it. I will. So forgiving. Co-authored. Yeah, co-authored, yes. So um, forgiving our fathers and mothers, mm-hmm. right? And so this is, if you're struggling with bitterness in that, please um, enter into the work. And this is a great resource for you. Also, if you contribute anything in the month of November and, and you partner with us in some sort of financial gift, we're going to send you a copy of Henry Cloud's book, Trust. And if you want two powerhouses, yeah. you go with trust and forgiveness, your life it will move the needle in a really, really positive direction. We're going to go to break now. We're going to come back and take your calls. Thank you for being with us. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back to New Life Live. Again, Chris Williams here, Dr. Jill Hubbard, Mark Cameron, and we're here to take your calls. And we're going to go to John in San Leandro, California. And uh, new listener, so uh, John, are you there? Yes, I'm here. How are you doing today, man? I'm doing good, thank you. Yourself? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Hey, how can we help you out? Mm. Yeah. So um, I am a former Christian. Uh huh. Um, I I stopped believing because I examined the reasons why I believed, and they were not good or convincing reasons. They weren't sufficient, so right? I, they weren't sufficient to yeah. believe. Yeah. And I'm wondering. Is there a a reason that is um, good enough to believe, not just in a God, I guess, but in a Christian God? Mm, because yeah. I, I don't know what that would be. Yeah. that That's a phenomenal question. You called a uh, primarily counseling show with a deep, deep the- theological and <laughs> yeah. philosophical question. Um I'm gonna I'm gonna take a shot at it here because you know John I can only speak for myself and I'm gonna be real honest. There's a lot of ways in which I believe that my faith is both audacious and at times ridiculous. Um, if I'm gonna be honest with myself, honest for the the reasoning of it all, I, the the question for me hits at home. Actually, speaking to a particular incident, which I think is what, you know, when we call apologetics, kind of like the defense of the faith, but, but just for me, and I'm not here to speak for anyone else, but there's this line where this guy is in, in, in scripture, you know, in the gospels and gospel of John, this guy was born blind and he has this healing experience and he's starting to get questioned, you know, about who did this and why did they do it and what happened and were you really blind and who you know who caused the blindness who's all of these sort of things and after this line of interrogation the man simply replies i don't know all i do know is that i was blind and now i see for myself it's like how do i believe in this christian god is that i know what my life looks like apart from it and I know what it looks like with it. 
And those are two very different experiences. And I'm telling you, with it doesn't mean I'm perfect. It doesn't mean I don't suffer. It doesn't mean that life is figured out. I just know that those are two very radical different experiences for me. And I'm choosing the better one for me, and that's life with God. Okay. Yeah. But wouldn't, like, that same logic applied to a person who, like, let's say, changes religion or gives up religion, and on that day, they have the best day of their life. For sure. Then they go on to have, like, good experiences outside of the religion. Mm -hmm. Um, Like, that same logic is not universal. It's it's strictly for you. Yeah, that's why I say it. Yeah. yeah, anyone can believe for whatever reason makes sense to them, and that's fine. But, like, that's not convincing to me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and if you're needing someone to convince you, I mean, there are certainly a lot of people who were atheists um, or didn't believe in God and then searched the evidence, searched the history, mm-hmm. and, you know, have made claims that, you know, they couldn't deny Christ once they really dug into it. The fact that he he lived, he walked, he did what he said he was going to do, and he rose from the dead. Not many people can make that claim. And so part of it is, do you just deny history, right, in yeah. terms well, of faith? I, I, don't, I don't think that you can necessarily claim that the Bible is a historical account, because that's begging the question, isn't it? You're saying that he's God because of the things he did as God, because of what the book that claims he's God says, right? Mm-hmm. Like, if if you could find, like, a um, contemporary scholar who was not associated with the Christian church or the development of it, who said, this is this crazy thing that happened, this guy who was dead rose from the grave, but we don't we don't have that like that the, like there are no claims that verify the extraordinary events of the bible outside of the bible from contemporary scholars uh but we do from historical scholars like josephus okay but when did josephus live like right around the time of jesus wasn't it like 300 years after well, some of his writings that were revised, but yes, I mean, you know, it, it, it's as close as you can get. I mean, it, you know, there's as much evidence, historical evidence that Jesus lived, that Julius Caesar lived, historically speaking, uh-huh. with, with proximity. I love that you're asking the question, John, because I think actually every Christian needs to ask that question. Mm-hmm. No, that's good, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and... And I think the fact that you're asking the question shows that there's a wondering in you. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's also looking to, well, where does that wondering come from? Yeah. Right? Is that a prompt? Uh, I don't know if you've ever read the book uh, Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Um, and I think it's a fantastic book because it's really – he doesn't address really kind of historical evidence. Mm-hmm. He, dr- he addresses philosophical reasoning. And it sounds like you're kind of a very philosophical person. And so if you haven't read that book, I think it'd be a great book for you to kind of read and ponder. And, you know, maybe it will answer your questions or maybe it will give you different questions that you come up with. Um, but I highly, highly recommend that book. I think it's a fantastic book. And he had kind of a similar journey. He Correct. Was raised, 
Correct. To, in he, the church and then left it, right? Yeah. Yeah, went he, into academia right. and was very intellectual. Right, yeah. yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Oxford and Cambridge, yep. I believe he went to one and taught the other. Yep. Very, yep. very intellectual person was an atheist mm-hmm. and he wrestled with this stuff himself and it was it, you know his philosophical reasoning that right because it wasn't a big him. emotional right. you know conversion right. kind of thing right. right it was through his reasoning mm-hmm. it's yeah. a journey yeah, yeah. yeah. absolutely and John, I, I honor you for the, asking the question mm-hmm. and wrestling with it. And I believe that that wrestle is, is important. And to Mark's comment, it's like I think it's important and necessary because as scary as it can be for a believer, it it can also deepen us. Right. Mm-hmm. You know. And, and John, I believe you're on a real honest journey. I'm going to take a I'm going to take a risk here. You know, and ask that. You know, obviously you can take it or leave it. But I actually think. You're asking a heart question in your head, mm. and it can only be answered in your heart. And so what I would encourage in this process is just that. I don't know if there's going to be a reason that's going to be sufficient enough for you. Yeah. I, I hope there is. Well, but our intellect yeah. gets in the way. For sure. For sure. Can I butt in? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Go for it, man. Because you're, you're off the mark here, and okay. I can explain why. I grew up in a Christian church, and I liked the sermons. I liked reading from the Bible. I liked knowing what the book said. I never enjoyed worship. I never enjoyed standing up and, and singing or, like, praying or any of that. Well, I did, like, I did like praying, but only by myself, not in public. And, and I felt like there was no feeling associated with being Christian. Like, there was nothing there as far as feelings. It was always an intellectual pursuit for me, despite how many years I spent begging in prayer that Mm. I have an emotional period that never happened for 20 years, uh, 23 years, actually. And if, if you're going to say that you think I'm missing the emotional aspect, that's true, but the idea that it will come, like some revelation will come through an emotion, oh, yeah. it just doesn't, yeah. it just rings hollow for me. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah that makes a lot and, of sense. And you're right. Some people, lots of people are looking for kind of something supernatural for God to do. And and that's not always how he appeals to us. Absolutely, absolutely. Right? And John, I honestly, I don't know if you know, as as three counselors here can, can answer all of that. But I will say this, that... Your experience of a lack of emotional connection, yeah. it really is heartbreaking to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, and, and, and I would appeal for that for well, you. Well, and I wonder, do you have it with people, John? Or is this universal um, I, for you? I know for a fact that I have a diminished emotional connection to people as well. Because okay. usually our relationship with God is also reflected in horizontal relationships. For sure. For sure. John, what my only encouragement for you today, uh, hopefully it's not the only one, but yeah. it would be this. It's like uh, this this idea of love, which is universal. It, it, you know, obviously we, we claim it as Christians, but it's a universal experience. Is to cultivate to to see what what is in there in this deeper connection to myself and to other people around me, and to awake to see if there's more I can do to awaken my emotional life. With people. With people. With people yeah. first. Like yeah. I would explore mere Christianity or the case yes. for Christ by yeah. Lee Strobel. Do your intellectual digging, but relationally look at why do I not have, you know, emotion with the people here before me? Yeah. 
that I think I care about. Yes. And, and, and work on that. And I think that will then also yeah. inform the other. And oftentimes, talking about historical here, right, we, we find some of those answers in our own history, mm-hmm. right, in the yes. families that we grew up in. So I'd also recommend uh, How We Love. Yeah. I think that would be a good book yes. to maybe look at to see how you were shaped that's causing you to feel disconnected from others. Absolutely. So, John, we're going to send you that book. We're going to send you a copy of, of How We Love. We thank you for your journey, your mm-hmm. honesty, calling into the show, taking the risk that you did. And we do hope that you do discover a richer, deeper emotional life and emotional connection to other people. And obviously, with our perspective and with our bent, we hope that you can rediscover that in God. Thank you so much for calling in, John. And with that, we're going to go to another caller. We're going to go to Jay, listening in Wilmington, Delaware, online. Jay, are you there? Jay? Do we lose it? Hello? Oh, is, is Jay, Hello? Are you, is this Jay? Yes, I'm sorry. That's okay. I'm sorry. No worries whatsoever. Jay, how are you doing today? Oh, I've been better. Oh, I hear you. <laughs> I hear you. Well, tell us what's going on. Um, I don't know what to do. I suffer from anxiety and depression. Um, I've been in counseling. I'm 60 years old and been in counseling on and off since I was probably in my early 30s. And um, nobody ever really touched a family of origin work until not that long ago. Um, really? <laughs> like, wow. what, what have they been doing? Wow. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, don't, I don't even know. I don't even know where where some of these people have taken me, but it didn't go back to family of origin. Mm. Mm. So not that long ago, I had someone that I was with, and uh, they have long since retired, and so I haven't been able to find someone. And I'm I have a hard time with sermons. I have a hard time um, going to church. I haven't been in church for years. Uh, COVID kind of mm. squashed me a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I want to know, am I supposed to find, I don't know how to find a therapist. I don't know how to screen them. I don't know. I don't know if I need a coach. I am. Um, I've done medicine. I've had bad, bad reactions to medicine. I've done no medicine. Um, so I keep having bad reactions Hmm. Haven't found one yet, but yeah. uh, I feel like that too is a band aid because this has been going on, on and off for many years. Well, can I ask? Is, have, have, do you do you have family members who also struggle with anxiety and depression? Um, yes, uh, yeah. Like parents, siblings. Um, my mother suffers from mental illness. Yeah. Um, I, she was. Uh, she was sick since I was a little girl, on and off. Yeah. Well, Jay, you may hear the music right now. We're gonna um, head to a break here in a moment, and we'll we'll come back and we'll we'll take a little bit deeper dive and, and send you in a, a really good direction with what you're experiencing. Speaking of this emotional life that we get really, really kind of caught up in, and sometimes in painful and, and negative cycles and trends. That's why the emotional freedom workshop. Um, exists. It exists for you. If, if you're struggling with patterns of struggle, 
patterns of anger, hurt, frustration, and keep bumping up against it over and over. Join us December 2nd online, the Emotional Freedom Workshop. We'll be right back. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a question or a comment, call toll-free 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back to New Life Live. This is Chris Williams. Have Dr. Jill Hubbard, Mark Cameron in studio today. We are talking with Jay in Wilmington, Delaware. And, and you know, Jay has a unfortunately common experience, and that is a stubborn, sticky and painful historical experience of anxiety and depression. And, and we're kind of getting into some of the family history. Mom struggled with mental illness as well. It's- well, and of course, as a child, if your mother is struggling with mental illness mm-hmm. and she's unstable, <clears throat> excuse me, and you never know quite what you're going to get, yes, yeah. you're going to be anxious. You're a child, yeah. right? This is a person you're supposed to be depending on. You're going to be anxious, overwhelmed, which then can go into depression. Yes. Are you with us, Jay? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And so, but the question for us today is like, you know, you've been in therapy for a really long time, tried some medication, mm-hmm. and like, is the question for us today, now what? Yeah, I guess it's kind of like, now what? I can't... Um I'm not very good at reading things and, and like, I have a really hard time with reading the Bible. I always feel in this when I'm in this place. I'm not always here. This is not a lifelong thing. And maybe if it was, maybe I could deal with it better. But I know what it's like to be free of it, and I, I don't know which way to go to get out. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's really tough. So I... I want to know in the dark. I want to believe in the dark what I know to be true in the light. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? That makes perfect I sense. Know it's well said. It, it, it's irrational. Yes. A lot of the times it's irrational, and I know it's irrational. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I can't make my head do what I want yeah, to do. Yeah, I know, I, I know. Jay, I want you to be able to feel, as painful as it is, feel what you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Because my guess is that what has happened to you is also irrational. Right. What has happened to you also doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Right? That's confusing. And, and what's happened to you has happened in the dark. So it will only make sense that the darkness comes with confusion mm-hmm. and that which doesn't make sense and that which is irrational. And that's a really uh, real, if I can be redundant, that's, mm-hmm. that's a real lived experience that needs to be honored. Right. So, Jay, it's really important that when you are feeling overwhelmed, anxious, depressed, that isn't a time to make any major decisions about your life okay so that's an important thing (laughs) yes okay so also when you're feeling those things you're tapping into the younger feelings where there was nobody big to help you and so that's where counseling can come in and be really helpful because it's somebody big in the room where you're safe enough to feel the feelings and explore them and be able to look at them through new eyes over time. 
And so you said that someone recently pointed out family of origin issues. So I don't know. But then you also said you need help finding a counselor. Yeah. We can certainly help you find a counselor. Mm -hmm. We can hook you up that way. Um, But if you've, excuse me, already found someone that is helping you in that, then I would say continue to go. Yeah. Yeah, commit to it. Commit to a season. It can take longer than you want it to, but... Stay with it if it's working. Yeah, and Jill, you're going the direction that I was going to go in here where you're talking about somebody being big in the room. Right. And so that's what I would say, Jay. Don't do – or I would I would recommend for you to go in person rather than yeah. doing oh, Zoom. Absolutely. right? Good, yeah. And so it, it, it is good. I think there are questions that you can ask <laughs> of a counselor um, as to their approach that mm-hmm. they take, right? And and you can figure out if they take a family of origin approach. but. Also, what you need is you you need that person's presence, yes. right? You need somebody to be able to help contain you when you're feeling low and you're feeling down. And and mm-hmm. what we know is that thera- you know something that we call therapeutic alliance is one of mm-hmm. the strongest predictors uh, of uh, the outcomes yeah. of therapy being successful. So mm-hmm. don't just look for you know somebody who takes that attachment based approach or a historical approach. Also find somebody who you feel like you can connect with mm-hmm. and that they're big enough and strong enough to be able to contain you in yeah. your dysregulation. Yeah, that's really good. Jay, what we're going to do, we're going to do two things. We're going to send you the Emotional Freedom Workbook, and we're going to get you to the Emotional Freedom Workshop. So Mm. I am taking liberty here and going to give you a scholarship to the Emotional Freedom Workshop because I really, really believe that that could be another one of those things that we know that a day doesn't cure you, but, man, it opens up some incredibly powerful doors and pathways What I like to say about it is it provides crystal clarity to what I'm struggling with and what my next step of needs are for my continued healing and growth. Um, Again, Emotional Freedom Workshop is uh, December 2nd online. Also, I want to mention this, that Every Man's Battle, last one of the year, is in Dallas, December 1st through the 3rd. If you're a guy and you have struggled with sexual acting out, pornography, affairs, uh, lust, all of those things that go along with it, and it has hijacked your life, do not let 2022 end. Three. Three, sorry. Whatever year we're in, (laughs) right? ADHD time, right? Yes. (laughs) Do not, thank you. Do not let 2023 end and go into 2024 without addressing this. Again, you can find it online. Um, by going to www.newlife.com or calling us at 1-800-NEW-LIFE to sign up today for Every Man's Battle. Again, I want to implore you, encourage you, do everything I can to get you there because it is a big, big difference maker. We'll be back right after this. Today's podcast is brought to you by Club New Life supporters who give a monthly donation because they want to continue to offer help and hope in these very, very difficult places. To find out more about Club New Life, you can go to our website, newlife.com, or call 1-800-NEW-LIFE. Now, if you're new to us, we drop an episode every weekday. We would love it if you would rate or write a review, which helps more people discover help and hope and helps us share wisdom with as many people as possible. Now let's listen to our counselors as they help people walk through life's hardest places.
glad you joined us for New Life Live. To be a part of the program, call 1-800-229-3000. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back to New Life Live. Thank you for being with us today. And we're going to jump right back to the phone lines. We're going to go to Yvette in Landham, Maryland, listening on WAVA, one of our favorite stations out there, WAVA. So, mm-hmm. Yvette, how are you doing? Hi. I am well, thank you. Excellent. How I'm well. How can we help you today? Well, um, I was listening to another show you guys had done on... Um, talking to a lady who called up about her ADHD. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, um, I kept saying, oh, that's me. Mm-hmm. When she kept saying all those things, it's like, that's me. Yeah, and, and so you thought it was I, just you. Yeah, no. And, uh, well, no, I know it's not just okay. me, but... It's like because my grandkids were diagnosed with it and my daughter, but I just never, I didn't take it to me. Mm. I kept putting me aside and just focusing what they had and whatever and fix this and do whatever. And I've called the show before and you guys keep saying, you got to work on yourself. You got to focus on yourself. Mm -hmm. And so I've been doing a lot of that. And... So when when I heard the caller specify all those things, I guess I guess I've been coming out of the muddy water and getting into clearer water uh-huh. so that I can I'm seeing myself more clearly. I've dealt with all the shame and all the things that have kept me underwater and kept me in the mud, but now that I've let go of those things and I'm able to look at myself objectively and say, okay, what do I need to do about this? When I heard her, it's probably the first time that I have embraced Mm. the fact that I probably have ADHD Mm -hmm. and I've I've had these behaviors all my life, but as you said, ADHD brains do well at compensating. Yes. And so I am... 71 years old and I'm this is I mean I'm looking back and saying how did I how did I manage work how did I and I had a lot of difficulties at work and now that the muddy water is clearing it's probably the first time that I said to myself Yvette you I think have ADHD yeah but Instead of beating myself up, which is what I usually would have done in the past, <laughs> yes. my question was, I took lots of notes. And so I was writing out my notes, and I got up to one of the things you guys had said was that we have to set um, establish structure in our lives. Uh-huh. And I'm retired now, and yes, I love the creative, and that's piece of me has been coming out more a whole lot lately, which I really enjoy. Yeah. But I do have schedules that I need to, I need For to sure. establish some so, structure. Yeah, event. So yeah, let me, oh yeah, yeah, great, question. great question. Wait, how, what was that part? How, how does she establish structure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, that's what I want to know. 
how? What, what, what's the best way for an ADHD brain? Because, yes, I know you set up the schedules and you, I have sure. timers, I have uh, oh, yeah. alarms, everything that I have to do <laughs> has mm-hmm. an alarm. Yeah, and so, I've even so, written down what I'm so, doing. So, with Yvette, that Yvette, let me jump in for time, yeah. for time reasons. Hey, yeah. we don't cure it, we manage it. Okay. We What's do not ca- hear hear me out. Hear me out. Hold on. Yes. Hear me out. Yeah. I want okay. you to hear that. We don't yes. cure it. We manage it. Yes. Right. I hear so, you. so we're not looking for timers and schedules to cure us. We're looking at it to do what I call a bump boundary. A bump boundary just kind of is that nudge that says, "Hey." Here's what needs to be done. Brings you or back here, to reality. Yeah, brings us back to reality. <laughs> gets us out of our head. So it, it's not that I'm going to live as a person with ADHD, a, a perfectly linear, structured life. It's that I have these bumper boundaries that allows some of my bowling balls to hit the pins, rather than constantly living in the gutter. You know, or, you know, living on the sides. And so, um, but with that said, I mean the analogy or the metaphor breaks down because. You know, we, we need to live outside of the boundaries simply because that's the way our brain works. But that any gift that we have or any struggle that we have requires management. And so that's what I want to get to here is the changing the expectations. Right. Having realistic expectations and uh-huh. kind of reviewing what you're needing structure for. Yes. Right? And is this you being punitive with yourself or are these more essential things? And I think relational structure is often helpful. Yes. Having people that that you can externalize with, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes there's something called bookending where you can call a person mm-hmm. and say, okay, for the next hour, I'm doing this. And I've done this with friends before. And yeah. then we call each other after the hour's over. Mm-hmm. Okay, what went right? What didn't go so well? Did we get it done? Yeah. So adding a relational piece in, I think, often often helps. And that's one form of structure that yeah, for sure. Yeah, I've heard one expert before talk about ADHD uh, rather than being an attention deficit disorder, an intention deficit disorder, mm-hmm. right? And so folks who struggle with ADHD, um, they don't have a lot of internal motivation at times to get things done. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they have trouble starting things and following through well, because it feels boring or distracting well right it's based a lot on feeling they're driven right right, but what they feel like doing right it's not just distraction sometimes it's just like i don't really feel like doing it so i don't want to do it there's no reward for me yeah right and so and we have two types of motivations right we have internal motivation Mm -hmm. we have external motivation and when you don't when you have a lack of internal motivation you've got to build in external motivation and so sometimes what you got to do is you've got to build in a positive reinforcement, mm-hmm. and sometimes you got to build in a negative reinforcement. Yes. And I yes. know that's not popular, but yes. sometimes that's the way it sticks uh-huh. for mm-hmm. us to form an association to build a new neural pathway. So that that could be like if I don't get this done, I don't get to watch my favorite TV show. It could be just you know something simple like that. Yeah. Right. So th- there's multiple ways to um, address and manage ADHD. These are just a few of them. Well, and and Yvette, I want to encourage you that, like, part of the process is finding out what works for us and finding out Mm -hmm. what doesn't work for us. Mm -hmm. You know, how this condition activates in me is going to be different than Jill. Right. And so Jill and I each in our own ways need to 
explore some options and and ultimately find out what works adjusting our expectations i have to do this all the time i expect way more out of me than what my brain will allow me to accomplish Mm -hmm. and so you said something i think really important jill we can't beat ourselves up for that no we do right but it's not helpful right yeah so oh go ahead Jill. well another thing is just you know Part of structure is creating habits. You talked mm-hmm. about new mm-hmm. neural pathways, creating habits, right? Find, like a person who loses things a lot. Find a home for everything mm-hmm. and always take that extra step to put things back in that home, right? I yeah. have a hook for my keys. Yes. They are always yes. on that hook, <laughs> yes. right? And so I have places. Now, if people move things, then I'm lost, yes. right? But I always I have certain mm-hmm. places for everything, and I always put them back right. there. Right, and then build other, other things in, right? Um, mm-hmm. My wife has one of those Apple key tags, right? So yeah. when sure. she loses her keys, yes. she can find, can them. find them. And mm-hmm. she has two sets of keys. Yes. So that if she loses one, she has the other one. That's good. Right. That's really good. Yvette, we're going to send you a copy of under, Understanding and Loving a Person with ADHD. Because again, and I would also encourage you, if you haven't been formally diagnosed by an expert in this area, make sure you get a formal diagnosis. Um, because. But I love that at 71, well, first yes. of all, you've been able to compensate all this time, yes. which is amazing. But I love that you're willing to discover new things about yourself, which is, is wonderful. That, ke- that keeps you young and growing. And that's yes. what we all need to do. For sure. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for calling in, Yvette. We're actually going to jump in. We're going to try to get to Tony here uh, real quickly, see if we can get a question that we can answer for him. Tony listening in Boston, Massachusetts on WEZE. Tony, you're there. Yes, thank you very much, folks. I love your show and uh, really appreciate uh, everything you do for all the folks who call. Excellent. Well, what's what's the question for us today? How can we help you? Well, it's, it's a big picture and a small picture question. Uh, my wife and I, we have two beautiful adopted children. They're adults now, 21 and 27, and they all have their little issues. And uh, the main issue right now is my son who lives with his girlfriend, uh, fiance, getting married in a year. And both my wife and I see that he's uh, financially and uh immature and, and a whole bunch of things and uh, uh, jobs come and go and they have health insurance not and that leads to a lot of stress from our so, side. So, yeah, so Tony, let me jump in real quickly. hear the music. So he's having a really, really difficult time adulting. And so... Well, we're the ones having that. Well, yeah. Well, he might not. He's be. okay yeah, with yeah. it, right? Yeah. So we're we're going to head to a break here, Tony. But I want you to think of what is the question that you have for us that we can answer for you. We'll be right back right after this. To find out more information about New Life or to order any of the resources mentioned on today's program, call one eight hundred New Life. Now back to New Life Live. Welcome back to New Life. This is Chris Williams. I have Jill Hubbard. I have Mark Cameron. And we also have Tony. And Tony has uh, an, an, an adult child, not really a child anymore, but uh, an adult son who's having a difficulty ad- adulting. Who's about to get married. Who's about to get married. Mm-hmm. And so, Tony, what's the question for us? Well, the questions I have, and there are several, is first. Uh, we did try a counsel for him, had a few years, and so I was wondering, is it okay 
to do, try to get him to talk to a counselor via Zoom and also a counselor uh, for my wife and I because uh, we're obviously having issues about uh, uh, control, letting, letting uh, how can we help, and it frustrates us, frustrates my wife, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, to get the grace. So we both need some counseling, and in the Northeast there, we've had one before. Yeah. My wife and that didn't work out pretty good. Is a Zoom set up for something like that? Okay, so, like, yeah. Acceptable. Okay. The second question is, uh, I've tried to get them to sit down with us, his fiance himself, and uh, there's always a reason that they're both not there. Uh, so I'm looking, trying to get some sort of intervention to discuss the issues. Mm-hmm. And so if I really can't succeed there, uh, am I out of bounds in trying to... Uh, Discuss yeah. this with my fiance's parents. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. so discussing what their lack of financial maturity, yes, health insurance, etc. Yes, and make sure that uh, I don't even know if uh, uh, my son's fiance. Yeah. yeah so let. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think Tony. And is this the twenty-seven-year-old? Yes. Okay. Well, I think we need to send. Jim Burns' book, Doing Life with Your Adult Children. Yes. Because, mm-hmm. Tony, your son lives outside of your home, right? He's yes. living with yes. his fiance. They're going to get married. What are they requiring of you? Well, we agreed uh, a year or so ago to help uh, with the wedding, a third, a third, a third. So we okay. have committed to that and we have no problem doing that okay but are you helping him month to month financially sometimes sometimes yes not not on a regular scheduled basis okay. but i i do pay for his car insurance if the car needs a new tire okay, okay so okay. tony i think i think some of those things your son's about to get married need to be handed back to your son Right, and because he's not going to. People step up when they have to, mm-hmm. and it's great to help out here and there. But on an ongoing basis, aren't you keeping them dependent? Because oh, if you're okay. mature enough to get married, then you're supposed to take on mm-hmm. your own life. Yeah. So, Tony, I, I think the question really is: What does it feel like for you to watch from the right. sidelines and not jump in? Oh, it's very difficult. And mm-hmm. even I gotta tell you, it's worse for my wife. Yes, mm-hmm. that's the hard part. But but I think that's really where your area of growth is, because yes. what Jill is and saying. So that's why I that's why I asked. We need a counselor. So, so, too. I agree. Yes, I I think so. I I think it's, it's more about you go. guys, you know, identifying the discomfort and the conflict pattern that happens with you guys uh, than it is about trying to have an intervention for your right. son and 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 help him learn how to be an adult at at this point. I think it's time for him to have experience, right? And the consequences of what happens when he doesn't follow through be the teacher for him rather than mom and dad jumping in and telling him what he should and shouldn't do. Right. You could, as a wedding gift, give him um, um, Dave Ramsey's course where couples Mm -hmm. can go for six Mm -hmm. weeks and learn about finances. That's a great wedding gift. I think $99. And Tony, so I think... Great suggestion. Yeah, so, but... 
but I think you're you, you you're spot on in what there was in what you've heard from these two incredibly wise people, and that's this: your son doesn't have a problem. Did you hear that? Yes, we. My wife and I have. <laughs> yes, yes, ding, yes, ding. yes, yes. So oftentimes, when we solve the wrong problem, even the correct solution is wrong. Well, and you were, you were talking, Chris, earlier about fear. Yes, yeah, so so that uh, causes us to control. Control. That's exactly we're predicting it. Predicting the worst outcome. So, so you and your wife are controlling your son and his wife. And listen, they. You're probably right. You're probably exactly right. They're going to have some really, really rough, rough realizations ahead of them. But Tony, this is something that you cannot prevent. Oftentimes as parents, what we want to do is we want to prevent the suffering of our children. Also, like you adopted, there, there could be this other thing inside of us that like we understand their story and we want to keep saving them out of themselves over and over and over again because they're suffering or maybe they suffered at our hands. Maybe we've made some errors in parenting. Maybe we caused some pain in our own children. And so we're trying to compensate for that. we feel like we didn't do enough because if we had, they would be further along. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And so when they get into their adulthood, we can end up trying to compensate for what we felt like we're missing in their childhood. But that will never work. It just won't. Your job is done. And you did a great job. The best that you had with what you had. And so now they must encounter what the rest of us, including yourself, encountered. And that is figuring life out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. By hitting up against yeah, boundaries to, yeah. outside of the family home. Yeah, and, and it's not wrong to want to prevent your kids from having pain, right? But pain is often what causes them to yeah is a great educator is the educator right and so if you prevent them from pain you actually prevent them from learning the lesson and growing and you keep them dependent upon you and the pattern just exacerbates and let's write the story one last time for the bailing them out what happens inside of them is what's called a learned helplessness Mm. It actually is damaging to their own confidence because they haven't been able to build the resiliency to find their own solutions and overcome. And so, therefore, it actually exacerbates the problem. So, Tony, you're exactly right. Here's what I want to encourage you to do. I want you and your wife to get into marital counseling. We're going to send you two books. We're going to send How We Love, and we're also going to send Doing – uh, life with your adult children. Thank you. Doing life with your adult children by Jim Burns. Mm-hmm. I think these two will really help you. And in in your therapy, in your couples' work, I really want you guys to start addressing your fears, your shame, and the way that that shows up as control. Yeah. Because once you resolve the fear and the shame, you will no longer have that drive or that need to control. And most importantly, be incredibly disruptive by the poor decisions of other people, right? So because, what again, what we try to do is like, hey, my child – and this is, I think, all of us. My child is making some tough decisions and my life is really hurting. I'm hurting inside because of what my child is doing. So if my child does different, then I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. 
So we manage ourselves through controlling our children. I'm like, ah, it doesn't yeah. really work out in the no. end. But Tony, thank you so much for calling in. We really appreciate you. We appreciate your work, what you and your wife are doing. We appreciate all of those who contribute to new life. We cannot do what we do if you do not do what you do. And that is continuing your support for us. Any financial gift here in November, you will get Henry Cloud's book, Trust. And trust me, it is a fantastic, (laughs) fantastic read. Thank you so much. Have a very, very happy Thanksgiving. And we will see you later. Thanks so much for listening. We hope something you heard will help you live in freedom today. If this content was helpful for you, we would love it if you take a minute, leave us a review, post about it, and rate it. Remember, we have resources and workshops online for you as you continue your journey. Go to newlife.com and find out more information. And thank you for being part of the New Life community. We know that God desires all of us to live a life of wholeness and healing. And we're so glad that you're here.